Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hello everyone, welcome to Strictly Hoop Talk. I'm your host Chris Platty. This episode is just going to be a solo podcast. Uh, I'm not going to make it too long, I'm just going to have my Game 1 takeaways from each Game 1 of the 8 series. I'm recording this Monday afternoon before the tip-offs of all Game 2s that we have tonight. So I'm just going to go in order and just give you my quick thoughts. I don't really have much written down, this is all just kind of freestyling off the top of what I gathered. I do have some notes here to keep my train of thought, but... Uh, For the most part, this is just my raw, unfiltered thoughts on each game one of each series. Uh, And a heads up for those looking for the podcast with Josh, where we discuss our brackets entirely filled out from the first round to the finals in every game of every series. That will be a separate podcast coming soon. We're working on locking in a date to record that. But uh, our brackets were both filled out on Friday, I believe. So those are all set in stone, and that will be coming soon for now. Let's get to these game ones. Kicking it off, we'll just go in order here. Miami-Milwaukee. So Miami-Milwaukee went to overtime with Milwaukee winning 109-107. to That game was great, man. Um, it was a series that coming in, I had picked Milwaukee, and I had felt pretty comfortable in it just because it seemed like it was a year of hell from Miami. And I think that Miami is a team that they showed exactly what they were capable of in game one. I didn't think that just because Milwaukee was winning this series, I didn't think that it would be a rollover of Miami by any means. I think they're going to make each game competitive. That Miami has that ability to have just everybody have one game. Duncan Robinson was absolutely critical in that game for Miami. And that's something that I'm very curious to see if Milwaukee adjusts in game two here because what happened is they were doing the pick and rolls with Bam or the screens um, because sometimes Bam didn't even have the ball. But the give and go, screen and roll action with uh, and dribble handoffs and all that with with Duncan Robinson and Bam and Brooke Lopez was on Bam, so Brooke Lopez dropped back, and it was pretty much every single time Duncan Robinson was getting an open three. Now, obviously, he shot great that game, and I don't expect him to continue to shoot at that level. I mean, he was for Christ's sakes. I mean, the man hit how many threes here? He hit seven of thirteen from three. I'm looking at it right now, so. He played absolutely excellent, 
And this is a game that hurts if you're Miami trying to win this series. This is a game that hurts to lose. I mean, Jimmy Butler, 4 of 22. Obviously, he'll play better. Bam, 4 of 15. Um, I felt like a lot of... I felt like Trevor Reza played pretty well. I, I, I think he played very well, actually. And I think that there's just certain... This is a game that you had to win. This was a Duncan Robinson game, and this was the game that you had to win to win the series. Now, I still think it could be competitive, and I still think this series is far from over. But it's those games where those role players have those exceptional, exceptional nights. Those are the games you got to capitalize on. And they would have been very lucky to get out of a game with uh, Jimmy Butler going 4 of 22, which also another side note, I had a huge problem with that down uh, down the stretch play where, where Jimmy just kind of drove past Giannis. Like Giannis just kind of let that happen. He literally, like it was almost like it was 2K or pickup basketball where he, he got the ball, ran out to the three-point line, and then Giannis kind of half followed him, and then he just dribbled straight past him and laid it in to end up tying the game and forcing overtime. That was a ridiculous sequence there. But nonetheless, I expect the series to continue um, to be competitive. I liked what Milwaukee had. Milwaukee just looked like a team that's different from last year. They have better shooting. Um, their, their role players are just better. Bobby Portis played absolutely excellent. Uh, I didn't think coming into the season that he was going to be as big of a factor as he is. P.J. Tucker was interesting. They didn't go to him a lot at five. They played Brooke Lopez a lot, and again, with the Brooke and uh, Bam hold situation, I'm really curious to see how much Milwaukee folds on that and how much they lean into playing Brooke over over P.J. or over anybody else because Brooke actually ended up playing crunch time of that playoff game. So it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting thing to watch because I think Milwaukee, and one of the reasons I'm not confident that they get out the East, is because even though they have a lot of talent and Drew Holiday looked absolutely incredible and looked like everything they needed, um, I still feel like Milwaukee doesn't exactly know their rotation and everybody in their rotation doesn't exactly know their particular roles. And I think that that's something that is going to be is going to rear its ugly head in this series and and future coming series. So um, that was a, that, that's going to be a good series. I'm very excited to see where that goes. Um, I think it, I think it will go six. That's what I had on my prediction for my bracket, but uh, but we'll see. Next, let's jump to Dallas and the Clippers. Dallas and the Clippers. Now, this was a great game, and this was a game that I'll be honest with you was really really shocking. Luca, fantastic, thirty-one, ten, and eleven, just doing everything Luca did. Kristaps Porzingis was like playing this whole game as a shooter. And then I think it clicked in his head the final like two, three minutes of the game that I'm 7'3 and the tallest person on the Clippers is like 6'8 right now. So why don't I just cut to the basket and dunk instead of instead of trying to space the floor for Luka? I get that Chris Stops is a, is a four spacer and you want that paint open for Luka. But when you're just when you're seven, eight inches taller than the next guy on the opposing team, like just cut to the basket. Luca will find you and dunk. Like you don't don't do that all game, but that mix up mix up. Just be have more variety in it. And Kristaps was horrible this game, and they were pretty lucky to pull this one out. Dallas was, and I know everybody wants to trash Przingis, and I'm not going to, even though it's a bad game and he's looked up and down for the last two years now. But I still think that there's a good player in Kristaps. I don't think it's a consistent player, and I don't think it's a second star. But I think he could definitely be a third or fourth option on a championship team. 
and I think he's going to have some games in this series. Like I remember last year in the bubble, he had some great games against the Clippers in the playoffs, and I expect him to, I expect him to have one or two of those in that series. And if that's the case, this is a series that could go seven. And if it goes to Game Seven, Luca has shown. My hottest take of this whole entire podcast is that Luca Luka Doncic. I've never seen somebody carry a basketball team like Luka Doncic since LeBron James. Like Giannis is great, Harden is great, all of these great players that we've had since LeBron coming to league, Kevin Durant. I think Luca single-handedly elevates a team on a level like LeBron. And that is something that is really special. And I think he's absolutely maximizing his team. And I think Mark Cuban should directly listen to me here and literally just mortgage your future for Luca because this guy is that special. You need to get him more help. He needs one more guy. If he has one more guy, uh, I'm telling you, you can unlock something. You can unlock something magical because a lot of they have a lot of great rotation pieces. Finley Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., all these guys fit well. Uh, Jalen Brunson, I got to mention him, back-to-back and once down the stretch was phenomenal. He has a lot of talent around him, but he just needs slightly better versions of that. And that's what I said on my podcast coming into the season with Dallas, is that Dallas has the potential to be a contender if everybody on their roster was just like 30% better. I don't mean to do a Bill Simmons percentage thing here, but if they were just slightly better versions or upgraded versions of what they of what they currently are, I think this would be an absolute uh, contending team. But right now they've shown that, look, they can beat anybody, any game. And I think this is going to be a competitive series. Dallas does have home court advantage. And I think home court advantage really matters in this postseason. I think these players are coming into a situation where they've been a year removed from fans. And now all these arenas are expanding their capacity and lifting their limits and now getting to much higher numbers and now you're getting to 17 18,000 in arena pretty much jam-packed arenas now and with that being said I think it's going to play a huge factor for these teams I think it already has I think we've seen it in all of these games so far and I think that it's something that's going to continue to especially in the first couple rounds play a huge huge factor because these players are just players NBA players are often told that they're creatures of habit and I and I totally agree with that. They have their same routines. They work out every day. And so, you know, they grew up all their lives playing before a pandemic in front of fans. But this is something that's this is something that is uh that has really, really uh affected them, I think, is that they had a whole year without it and it's gonna take some time to get their footing. And so I think that home court advantage is really gonna matter. And also I just think that the fans in the in the building are more energized than they've ever been because these are people that were going through the same pandemic that we've all been going through and sitting in and sitting at home and now this is their chance to go let energy out be in public and it really just I think it made fans more appreciative and passionate about being fans and their place and their role in a team's success and so I think that these atmospheres I mean they just they, they seem so so strong, so powerful that I think it's going to really play a factor. And Dallas having home court in this series, look, I I'll save my Clippers takes for for the podcast with Josh, but I also would not be shocked if Dallas can can pull off a, an upset against the Clippers. All you need now is two more is two more games. You need a Kristaps Porzingis game, and you need a another Luca game 
that gets you to three games. And then a game seven, anything can happen. It could be a Jalen Brunson game. It can be a Tim Hardaway Jr. game. It can be whatever. Dorian Finley-Smith. It can be whatever. Game sevens are total toss-up. They're in the air. Everything's out the window. All the pressure would be on the Clippers. There's a route to where Dallas can win this series. I'm still not picking them to win this series. I'm still going with the Clippers. But there is a route for Dallas to win this series going forward. And I'm sorry, that was a, quite a few tangents about Dallas, and I won't do that for every team, but there's a lot of there's a lot of thoughts on Dallas, obviously. I'm very passionate about Luka here. Next up, we got Boston versus Brooklyn, the 2-7 match in the East. Brooklyn beat Boston 104-93. In this game, it was as simple as the big three just doing their thing. Boston did a good job of making it close. I honestly thought that this was going to be a blowout, and I still think that there will be several blowouts in this in this series. I think this is going to be a quick series for Brooklyn, but you could tell they were Brooklyn was finding their fitting, uh, or they're finding their footing. Sorry, and Boston is just a team that really they rose to the occasion, and I think you got to give them credit for that because that everybody's been talking about them just being a team that just wants their season to end and they're ready to mail it in. But Tatum played pretty well. And everybody overall just kind of had a had a nice fought uh, a nice fighting spirit to them, and you know I still think that Brooklyn is going to win this series easy because of the talent. I think that Harden, Kyrie, and KD are going to click even better than they did in this game as the games go on, and I think it will be a short series. But you know credit to Boston for making making a fight against a team that's uh, much much better on paper and it and it's a shame that Jalen Brown isn't healthy and I, and I still don't believe Marcus Smart is fully healthy I feel like he's one of those guys that's just always battling something so it would it would I would love to see Celtics at full strength for this series next we have the upset the first upset and I believe the only road win of uh, of the first eight games and that is Portland versus Denver 123-109 Dame Lord, fantastic, 34 and 13. Jokic, also fantastic, 34 and 16 with just one assist. Look, I think that Denver is going to win this series. I think that they have enough to get by, but this is a this is a very toss-up series. This is a series that can go either way because Portland just seems to be a team that they have so much offensive firepower. The question is, can they get enough stops to uh, to outscore everybody? And this game they did, and I think that and I think that that's something that they can do going forward. I mean, Nurkic was also absolutely phenomenal, finishing with uh, finishing with twelve rebounds along with five assists. I mean, he was incredible. So I think that this is a game in a series where we saw we saw a team two high powered offensive teams. One was able to get more stops than the other, and I think that that will flip as the series goes on because. I do like Portland's personnel better than most. I think Nurkic is a good, is a very good defending center. I think Covington is good. I think Powell is good. I think CJ and Dame can be when they need to be uh, good defensive players or solid defensive players, passable defensive players. They have the capability to lock in and and be a pretty good defensive team. But I still take Denver's defense over Portland's defense, and I think that moving forward that will show in the series result. Uh, but this is a series that can go either way because when you have two great high-powered offenses, a lot of a lot of this series is going to be who has who has the hot hand. You know, 
is it going to be, is it going to, like, CJ's going to have a game where he goes off, um, you know, Mike Porter Jr. is going to have a game where he goes off, Jokic is going to have his couple games, Dame's going to have his couple games. It's going to be a really interesting series that I'm I'm very much looking forward to seeing how it plays out. I have Denver winning the series, like I said, because I trust their defense more than Portland, but I would not be surprised if Portland could, uh, could win this series. And I, I'm not saying I'm picking it, but I am saying I've thought about it, and the way this bracket broke out, Portland might have another shot at again breaking right and getting to the Western Conference Finals. And if you get to the Western Conference Finals in this season where there's all these injuries and injuries that have just continued to happen, again, not wishing injuries on anybody, but there's a all you got to do is get to the Conference Finals and you're one series away from the Finals. And then in the Finals, that's it. That's all that matters is, is you play you – play, good four out of seven games you can get a championship so I'm just saying this might be one of those years where things are opening up for for Dame more than they probably ever will not saying I'm picking it to happen I'm just saying there's there's some outside shots this West is look this West is because of injuries and because of everything that's happened this season the West is very wide open, and I'm sure you got that from my takes of, of Clippers and of Clippers and Mavericks, and you're getting it here from Portland and Denver. It's a very wide open Western Conference, and I think that there's a lot of teams that can really, you can make a case that they have an outside shot at getting to the conference finals, and then from there we'll, we'll see what happens. So this is going to be a good series. I'm going to have my eye on it. I feel like more people are picking Portland than than Denver in this series. But I'm still riding with Denver even without Jamal Murray. I think that's really going to hurt them in the later rounds of this of this series, just not having that explosive dominant guard that can that can carry an offense because Jokic is obviously the, the focal point of the offense, but you need that dynamic guard in the playoffs to really make things happen and really kind of like – Jamal Murray, as great as Jokic was in the playoffs last year, Jamal Murray was essentially 1B. He was absolutely incredible and elevated to a high level and – they're going to miss that. You know, Michael Porter Jr. is going to step up. He's going to be better than he was last year in the playoffs, but he's ultimately, at the end of the day, he's he's not going to be able to dominate the way Jamal Murray did last year in the playoffs. And I think that that's going to haunt Denver. And it will haunt them in this series, but it will, it will especially haunt them in later rounds, assuming that they win this series. And right now, Portland has home court advantage. And with home court advantage being a, a big factor, like I outlined in the last in, in the last series, you know, We'll see how this goes. Now, let's jump to Sunday's game. That was Saturday's four four games. Now Sunday's kicking off Washington and Philly. Now this was a game, truth be told, I missed part of it. I missed the first half of it pretty much. And then I, I started watching third, third quarter and I was like, man, this is awfully close. Why is this so close? And Tobias Harris was playing great. Embiid was playing great. And then all of a sudden, I saw that stretch. I believe it was off the top of my head here, like the 10 to 6 minute mark of the third quarter. It was somewhere in the mid, uh, early to mid third quarter that there was just a sequence of steel, bucket, steel, bucket. I mean, this, this, sorry, this Philadelphia team really locked in and they showed me everything that they have to offer on that defensive end and just how special they are. And, you know, Danny Green was playing great. He was hitting threes. Uh, it was just a really, really good series. Now, again, 
you're playing Washington, who's not a great defensive team, doesn't have a lot of defensive stoppers, all of that. But this was an intense game. And this was a game that, at that point, Washington had a slight lead. And they had a real chance of stealing game one. And they still did up until the very end of the game. But Philly prevailed because they showed that that defensively just how great they could be. Tybull, Simmons, Embiid, all of that. It was just you weren't getting anything easy. And again, they'll face better offensive teams than Washington. Washington's a great offensive team. It's probably one of the best offensive teams they will play in the playoffs. But obviously projecting ahead if they if they are able to match up against Brooklyn or Milwaukee those will be much deadlier much more high-powered offenses that they'll have to deal with and they showed me in this game that they have the tools to really to really really make an impact on the defensive side of the ball and actually dominate and grind out some wins and and that's going to be important in this series I think it's going to be important in the entire playoffs is defense I think that a lot of people look at the offensive side of the ball and it's very important but defensively, I think that's where you win a lot of playoff games, and Philadelphia has an absolutely incredible uh, defense. And I think this is going to be a sweep moving forward. Um, I picked it before, and I still feel confident in that take. All right, next up on the list we have, let's see here. We have Lakers versus Suns. Suns won game one, 99-90. This was a game that I have a lot of strong takes Number one, first and foremost, Devin Booker. If anybody was doubting him, you have to you have to really, really look stupid right now and feel stupid because Devin Booker was doing everything offensively. There is no holes in his offensive game no more. He showed the ability to when you double him to pass, he showed to score a multitude of ways, driving to the rim. He even had some post up possessions. He he got some he got some good shots in rhythm. He did everything. Chris Paul obviously doing the Chris Paul things that we expect, orchestrating the offense, maybe not having the most glamorous stat uh, stat line, but making sure that everything is moving and everything is correct. DeAndre Aiden, of course, we have to mention him as well, playing fantastic, shooting 10 of 11 from the floor, 20 points, 15 rebounds, an absolutely incredible, incredible performance for DeAndre Aiden. Obviously, he outplayed Anthony Davis in this game, and that's something that I don't predict will happen much more in this series, if at all. But going forward, I think that it was very important for him to be confident and have this level of confidence going into the rest of the series that he can have good games. He he probably won't ever shoot what he did this game. He probably won't have that game again. But he can definitely have a, a, a greater impact than I thought. And I th- I think that was one of the reasons that I picked the Lakers in this series over Phoenix is because I necessarily just didn't trust DeAndre Ayton. And, and we saw it all season long. The Lakers ate the Suns alive in the front court. And that was something I projected to continue to happen to the playoffs. But DeAndre Ayton was awake for this game. And if he's going to be a good player, if he's going to be a very good player in this series, then Phoenix has a very real shot of winning this series. They already did off the strength of Chris Paul and Devin Booker and everything that they have on that on that team. Mikael Bridges, who I think will absolutely play better uh next game. Yeah, I think he I think he really had he didn't have a terrible game, but he had a game that was uh that was disappointing to his standards. I think he's an excellent player and I think he'll bounce back pretty well for the rest of this series. But they have obviously a bunch of a bunch of great system players around Chris Paul and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton was the one that like 
has the ability to break the system and be a third star. And if he can be that in this series, then I think that the Lakers are in actual serious trouble. Now let's get to the Lakers side of it. LeBron James, look, he did not down the stretch when they were trying to force that comeback and trying to muster up the comeback. I know he had the shoulder injury, which Chris Paul had his as well, and it seems like Chris Paul is going to play moving forward. He said he'll be ready for game two. I'm hoping that it's something that uh, that doesn't bother him the rest of this series because for once I just want Chris Paul to be able to experience a healthy playoffs because he, you know, he's one of those guys that's just his playoff reputation is what it is, but I think the part of it that people don't talk about is the idea that he's gotten injured for a lot of his best seasons in the playoffs or a lot of the seasons where he had a real opportunity to make some noise in the playoffs. And so that's just one of those things for me. I really want him to be healthy because obviously if things if things stay the way they are and, and this is an indictment of what's to come in this series, then the Suns have a real chance of not only getting out of this round but of getting very far in the playoffs. So it's going to be interesting to see. But moving forward, we talked about LeBron's shoulder here. Beyond that, because I think that that was a play, I don't think LeBron is at is that hurt. I think he'll be fine for game two. But it was concerning because he was really trying to muster up a comeback down the stretch there, and he could not get it done. He could not get it done. Anthony Davis was obviously a a whole other story of how he struggled, and I don't need to go too much into that. Anthony Davis just played like crap. Like, he's going to play better in the series. I don't think that the Phoenix Suns defense figured him out. He had makeable shots all game that he missed. Um, I think it's just one of those bad games flat out. But... LeBron in particular, I don't know if this is my head just overreacting to the fact that I know he's injured and he's playing hurt right now, but he did not look to have that same level of control and dominance down the stretch that you expect LeBron James to have in a playoff game. And that's partly because the Suns defense is good, but it just seemed like LeBron was unable to make things happen that he usually always makes happen. And that was very concerning for me. So that's something to monitor. And Phoenix, you know, they did what they did. They're supposed to win game one on their home court. Now this is a real test is for them to win game two. And I'm excited to see where that goes because, again, if if they're able to win game two and go up 2-0 on the Lakers, then I think there's some real trouble because I think they have a real chance of stealing one of the games at the Staples Center. Now next game in the series, second to last one we got, Atlanta Hawks 107 beating the Knicks 105. Um, listen, man, this was a game that coming into it, I was much like a lot of people expecting Trey Young to struggle in the playoffs. And I really didn't like, I, I'm usually a fan of confidence, but I really didn't like what he said after. It just seemed kind of corny when he's like, when he was talking about getting the FU chance, he said, I wanted to hear those again. I mean, I'm all for people talking their, their their trash, talking their shit, but at the end of the day, it seemed like with Trey Young, it, it, it just, it didn't, I don't know. I don't know if it's his voice. I don't know what it is. I don't mean to pick on the guy, but it just didn't land with me. Anyways, he was fantastic in this game. Give him all the credit in the world, 32-7-10. Played phenomenal, but I still think that this is a guy that's going to struggle in the playoffs, and even though the Knicks are a good defense, which I expected them to do a better job of defending him, like that last play where he got the layup, they essentially, they just, they had Taj Gibson 
check him like three feet above the three point line or to come to help. And it's like, it's like, dude, he's way faster than you. You're just setting himself up. Like you just gave him the layup, you know, have one fight over top and have, and have Taj kind of help a little bit lower. That way he can, hopefully he has to at least earn it a, a little bit more. His game winner was, a, was a shot that I expected him to hit. I mean, it was really just a, a wide open floater. You know, it wasn't anything too special. And I'm not trying to take away from the shot, it, you know, credit to making the shot. But it was a play that just the New York defense down the stretch was was not good. But overall, Trey Young, I thought he was going to struggle because I thought New York was going to be able to get physical with him. And that was just one example of them just really kind of fumbling the, the, fumbling the defense. And I thought that coming into this series that they would have a strong game plan, especially Thibodeau would have a strong game plan on how to stop Trey Young and he really didn't in this game now of course this series isn't over I think this series was going to go seven regardless I actually picked the Knicks to win in this series but I thought that with I thought that with New York I thought they'd come out with a stronger game plan and I think they will make adjustments moving forward but if Trey Young is going to have these kind of games on top of having the more talented team than New York then Atlanta, then Atlanta should be able to win this series without it even going seven. Alec Burks, 27, three and four. Julius Randle really shot poorly from the field. He shot five of 20. It was a very tough night for him. Uh, but I think that ultimately it became so, it became a learning experience for him. Six for 23, I'm sorry. It was five of 20 at one point. He finished six of 23. And he he will be better because he obviously lit the Hawks up all regular season. And there's really, truth be told, no one that can guard him so, uh, on the on the Atlanta Hawks. So I think that moving forward, Julius Randle will be, excuse me, much better in this series. And R.J. Barrett was actually fantastic. He didn't shoot the greatest. He shot 40%, but I thought that his one of six from three, but he shot... He shot and played with confidence. I mean, the, the, the dunk, the the aggression that he played with, everything there screamed, this is a guy who's ready for the big moment. And also 11 rebounds. Like, wave. I mean, he was the second leading rebounder on this team behind Julius Randle with 12. Like, he was, he was doing more than his fair share. He was doing the little things. He played hard. And I think that, again, with R.J. Barrett, you're going to get the up and down games, which scares me especially in a playoff series uh, where, where every game is so, so important. But I think that he's going that he really showed that when he's on, he can really be a huge factor in winning basketball games. Derrick Rose was obviously phenomenal as well, 8 of 16. I'm, I'm looking at the stat sheet now for 17 points with 5 assists. Uh, Derrick Rose really, what that first, that first couple minutes of the game when – when they were struggling, and then Derrick Rose came in, and that bench between Derrick Rose, Obi Toppin, all of them really Emmanuel quickly, they all really calmed the nerves of this team, and they really got them because it, you could tell that game one the energy was the energy in MSG was electric, and New York really wanted to win that game, and I really wanted them to win that game as well, just so New York could get their home playoff win. But uh, especially it being their first game, but you know you could tell the players were uncomfortable. Julius Randle was playing out of pocket. Everybody was playing out of pocket, and then Derrick Rose in the bench really just kind of elevated the team and settled everything down. 
And again, the the irony of it is you had a veteran like D Rose, but you also had a a, a rookie like Obi Toppin who struggled to crack the rotation all season, um, through up and downs, through injuries, and just inconsistency, ends up coming in and and being a huge spark plug for the team, uh, moving forward and and getting and getting essentially essentially what was a, a crucial five points. I mean, it it's only five points, but that dunk and that three, I mean, those just felt like everything as far as momentum goes. So it's going to be interesting to see. The The question the whole series I had was New York versus Atlanta. Atlanta has more talent, but they're, and they're the much better offensive team, but New York is a much better defensive team, and I've picked defense to win out, defense plus home court. But now Atlanta has one of those two things. They have home court, so we'll see where, where things go from there. But I think New York Knicks can improve both offensively and defensively in this series. Now let's jump to the last game of the night. This one was one that I was really interested in when I found out that Donovan Mitchell wasn't playing, and that's Utah versus Memphis, the 1-8 in the West. The Jazz lost by three to the Grizzlies, 112-109. It was a a tough game for Utah. It was a game where they, they had led several points in the game, but then Memphis, just being Memphis, this team, I saw it in the play-in tournament, and I saw it far before that. Uh, I saw it really last season. I mean, this was a team that just fought and fought to overachieve, and they did it again. Dylan Brooks with 31 points, but John Morant was also excellent. Everybody on Memphis just is, they're just competitors, and they have a great spirit to them, and they fight hard, and they really do make you work for every win. Like they're a team that you're not just going to roll over and smack. They're they're going to be a team that's going to go down swinging. Valanciunas played well. Every, all of the people you expected played well. Um, you know Desmond Bain I thought was huge. He had a plus twenty three in the game. Um, he was he was only in for eighteen minutes, but his eighteen minutes were very impactful. He he just kind of seemed to be that guy that, including the buzzer beater that he hit, just really kind of helped be a momentum uh, a momentum builder for the team. And you need those kind of guys, especially in the playoffs. Jaron Jackson Jr., I thought, can be much better. He was only 2 of 8. But but I think that moving forward, he'll be better in this series. Now, I picked the Jazz to sweep the Grizzlies. But that's because I assumed that Donovan Mitchell was was healthy and going to play. He missed Game 1, and, it, and the reports are that he's going to play Game 2. We'll see again. It might be a last-minute scratch at the end like this one was, but I think that overall I can expect him to come back in game two or three. I don't think Utah is in trouble with this series, I, I, and I don't think this is a series that can be an indictment on Utah, especially with especially with Donovan Mitchell not playing. I think it's very unfair to kind of say, look, this is a problem with Utah. I don't think this guy is falling there. I think the only way I'm concerned is if Donovan Mitchell is out for an extended period of time and can't get ready for game two or game three. I think if you don't have Donovan by game four, this can actually be a series that can that you could potentially lose. But I think as long as Donovan gets there, and the sooner he gets back, the better so he can get into a rhythm and the team can kind of get reacclimated with him before the next round. But it's going to be an interesting series. I thought that I thought that coming into this that it was going to be a sweep. Again, I thought that Donovan Mitchell was going to play, and they looked. They almost won without Donovan Mitchell. They almost won without their best offensive player. They lost by three points. I mean, simple uh, simple logic tells you that adding Donovan Mitchell to this game would equate to more than three points and that you would likely win the series. 
Shout out to my dog Maya, who's barking right now, if you can hear that. And that will conclude my game one thoughts of each series. Uh, those were just little rants I have about each game one, little things that I thought were interesting about each game. Let me know what you thought on Twitter and Instagram at Real Chris Platty, C H R S P L A T T E. I know you know how to spell real. Let me know your thoughts. Um, again, playoff bracket with Josh coming soon. That podcast is coming soon. Also, I have the wave. Uh, my Instagram series that I do with Imperial, that's dropping this week. Then you also have uh, my live stream Friday. Come in the live stream. I mainly talk hip-hop, but again, if some of my hoopers come in there, some of my hoop fans come in there, I'll, I'll definitely talk some NBA playoffs for a minute. Why not? Uh, you know, love basketball. It's basketball and hip-hop, so I'm definitely down to talk some hoops in there, but we'll be talking all the new music. We'll be talking, I'm sure, the Drake snippet that was previewed and all of that. Uh, and also the J. Cole album review, which at the time of this drop, I believe it will be out. I'm not entirely sure which of these two podcasts I'm dropping first, but um, either way, it's either out or coming out very soon. If you want to get my quick two-minute thoughts on the J. Cole album after the first weekend, I posted that. That was the first episode of The Wave, which you can find on my Instagram, again, at Real Chris Platty. Um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I appreciate you, and I appreciate everyone that stuck by me through the uh, through the drought of content. But playoff basketball is here. The music business is opening back up. Everything is coming back into full swing with the podcast, and I'm grateful for everyone that held it down during the times uh, where I wasn't dropping as much content. I truly, truly do appreciate each and every one of you for that. So shout out to all of you. I don't end my podcast shouting you out as much as I should, but shout out to everyone that listens to the podcast. Shout out to everyone that shares the podcast. And we'll be back soon. As you can tell, I got a lot of content coming. I have no I have no plans of stopping. And until then, watch your playoff basketball, listen to your hip-hop music, enjoy life. I'm Chris Platty. I'll see you on the next one. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.